football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, we are ready to go with the first true weekend of college football. Great to be with you here as part of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. We're back and we're ready for the onslaught of the college games. And now just a week away from the NFL starting as well. It is truly football season. Happy Labor Day weekend. Everybody be safe for this weekend and get ready to enjoy all of the football action. We are here to talk about those underdogs. And I've got some special guests that are going to be joining me straight ahead. Uh, friends of the program now uh, just recently got acquainted with these guys. They've been doing a great job on their own gambling podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast, as Sean Green will be here. Here with me to tell you more, not only about his podcast, but he's got some great insight and some underdog predictions coming up. So we'll talk about that with Sean in a little bit. A little bit later on, one of our sponsors will be here, uh, here as part of Three Dog Thursday all season long, FanVest Wagering Exchange and the FanVest Pro Football Portfolio, the stock market of sports, the stock market of picking football games in college, the NFL, and then uh, onward to March Madness and many other sports. It is FanVest Wagering Exchange. John Culver will be here to explain their game, and he's going to talk a little college football uh, with me as well. Also, Price Atkinson will be here from the very popular Yards and Stripes football podcast talking service academy football every week. The academies have been good the last few years. Do you realize that Army won 11 games a year ago, and they're anticipating another big season? So Price will be here talking service academy, Army, Navy, Air Force football, as well as some underdogs here on uh, the program. This is what we do. And a reminder, by the way, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find the podcast. Subscribe here to Three Dog Thursday. Love the insight of all of our guests. Love the underdog predictions. You can chime in as well. If you don't follow the show on social media, you should be already on Twitter at Three Dog Thursday as we uh, as we talk up those underdogs all throughout the college and NFL football seasons. And uh, and I love making these uh, different predictions. I'll, I'll give you one right up uh, the alley of where I live in West Central Florida. USF Bulls taking on Wisconsin out of the Big Ten. The Bulls under Charlie Strong starting a third season. Each of the last two years, they have started the year at seven and zero. Wisconsin out of the Big Ten is one of the favored teams in that conference. Of course, always it's Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, but Wisconsin with Jonathan Taylor, a Heisman Trophy winning. Uh, caliber running back uh, coming in, big offensive line. But USF's got some weapons as well, and that is a lot of points for the Bulls in a Friday night national television opener at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. I'm leaning I'm leaning towards USF in this game, and I know that uh, Sean Green is going to be talking about that with me as well uh, here in a little bit from the Sports Gambling Podcast about that specific game. Bevy of games everywhere, whether it's uh, preseason number one Clemson in action on Thursday night at the time that we're talking with Georgia Tech hosting them. There's Friday night action uh, as well. We're going to be talking about some of those games. We already mentioned USF, Wisconsin, but Utah and BYU are playing on Friday night as part of the slate uh, and the schedule schedule and then we get into the Saturday games that include Alabama who's always in and around the college football playoff they're still smarting from the title game lost to Clemson last year they play against Duke 
Oregon and Auburn. All right, truth be told, I'm coming to you here from Dallas-Fort Worth, taping this part of the podcast and taping some of the interviews. Auburn and Oregon to play Saturday night, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, about 30 minutes from where I'm sitting uh, right now here. They're already descending in here for what is a huge national matchup, Pac-12 against the SEC so we're anxious to see more of what's going to happen in that game. We've got Houston and Oklahoma on Sunday in Norman in a standalone game as part of Labor Day weekend. Notre Dame and Louisville, the ACC traditional opening game coming on Monday night. Speaking of the ACC, Florida State, a national game with Boise State in Jacksonville. Again, at the time that we're taping right now for Three Dog Thursday, uh, Hurricane Dorian. It is going to be a hurricane later on Thursday and Thursday night is threatening the the peninsula of Florida. It is threatening the lower part of the east coast of the United States. Uh, again, that game uh, between Florida State and Boise State is supposed to be a night game in Jacksonville. You may be hearing this, and you already know that that game time got moved up from a night game to an earlier game. Maybe it gets moved altogether. One of the rumors is it may be moved to Tallahassee, two hours to the west, Florida State's campus. This is a home-and-home home series between the Knowles and Boise State. They're supposed to play in Boise next, so there's a return game here involved. And these two schools don't have a mutual bye week later in the year. So the game may get moved up time-wise. It may get moved location-wise. We'll wait to see uh, exactly what happens with that. But that's a very intriguing game. Year two uh, of Willie Taggart. Uh, James Blackman, the the sometimes on-again, off-again starting quarterback for Florida State. Boise State always good, and they got a lot of returning players here. What about that matchup right now scheduled for Saturday night in Jacksonville, Florida? Again, game time and location may get moved on FSU and Boise State. So again, bevy of college games going on everywhere from, from Michigan to Texas to the West Coast uh, and back with all the different college football action that's going to be going on. And we're here to talk all about it on the program. So special guests coming up. We also have uh, a sponsor. Our friends at MyBookie are back for this season. And so I'm anxious to tell you more about MyBookie and the fact that, hey, they've got a great offer uh, going as well. I mean, college football is obviously here. There are changes all over the place. Quarterbacks that have transferred left and right. The former Georgia quarterback, Justin Fields, is now going to be the quarterback at Ohio State. Jalen Hurts, the former Alabama quarterback, is now going to be the quarterback at Oklahoma. So there's there's new things in new places, but my bookie is definitely a standard that you, if you're a if a if you're a gambler, if you're a wagerer on college sports, that you can live up with. And and look for anybody that is looking to wager on anything from college football to the NFL starting next week, all the way up to the presidential election, whatever it is, my bookie has something for everyone, and they have better bonuses, better prop bets than any other sports book that's out there. Uh, this year, by the way, MyBookie also has their first ever online handicapping super contest where the first place prize winner is going to get $100,000. So you can enter that contest, that super contest, just by going to MyBookie. So again, I'm talking to you about this on a couple of different levels. Number one, MyBookie always, always has great customer service. They pay out fast. Uh, you want to play with them. If you bet, you win, and they pay, and they pay quickly and plus they have live in-game betting college nfl any of the stuff with fantasy if you're a fantasy guy out there you can bet the under over on fantasy points that your guy might score in pro football every week 
That and a lot more. And one more offer from our friends at MyBookie. Use the promo code 3DOG, and right now for your initial deposit, if you're a first-time customer, if you're just signing up, the initial deposit of up to $1,000 will be matched by MyBookie. So up to $1,000, you can get up to $1,000 matched more on your initial deposit. Just use the promo code 3DOG for this offer. So go to MyBookie, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, use the promo code 3DOG, and they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000 to utilize their service. Great slate of college games. The NFL is here next week, and our friends at MyBookie want you to know that you bet you win, you get paid with my bookie. Head over there, promo code 3DOG, and they'll match that initial deposit up to your first $1,000. You can get up to 1000 bonus bucks to gamble with there with my bookie. All right, with that out of the way, special guest coming. Later in the podcast, we'll talk Service Academy football with Price Atkinson. More on FanVest Wagering Exchange, the stock market of sports. You're going to hear about that, but straight ahead, let's get into these college games and a lot more. Here we go. Yes, indeed. I know we played some games last weekend, but this is now the first full weekend of college football. The NFL not far behind. And leading off here as part of Three Dog Thursday to help me go over a couple of underdog predictions. The guys do a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast. And Sean Green is here with me. Uh, from the Sports Gambling Podcast. I appreciate him jumping on Three Dog Thursday here to pick some games. Now, now, true confession, I didn't exactly have to twist your arm or bribe you. You're like, wait a minute, I get to pick games? This is what we do, Sports Gambling Podcast. What time, where? So thank you for the flexibility. Here you are. It's good to have you, Sean. Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks, TJ. appreciate being on the show. Honestly, that's how the podcast started. Me and my friend... Uh, co-host Ryan Kramer we were just talking about what we were going to bet why we we're going to bet it all day every day and <laughs> we just decided why why are we not recording this this should be a podcast this should be so, a show yeah, it's, it's like Seinfeld exactly. this is the show we're doing the show <laughs> this is the show <laughs> the show about nothing but instead of nothing it's making money watching football that's uh, that's what we try to do and so you know what I am all about here with this program I want to lean on your program and your knowledge uh, here for college football. How excited are you? I mean, I know we got our appetite whetted with Florida and Miami. Not exactly a Picasso. Not exactly a great, <laughs> you know, memorable game. Very poorly played at times. It was exciting. And then we had the Hawaii late night snack in the Mountain West with the upset of of Arizona. So we got a little appetizer, if you will. Now we get we get the buffet. We get we get all kinds of games from all kinds of different directions. How amped are you? Just as a general comment, that the season is here. Oh, I can't. I, I mean, it's like a holiday. Football has started. It's it's no longer week zero. It's week one. Week one college football, and then right after that, week one NFL. It's it's really a great time to be alive and watching games and betting on games. <laughs> There we go. All right, so uh, I'm curious. If I say to you, give me a doggy, give me a Bow Wow, a team that just stands out right away immediately, and why for this week in college football, who do you like for an underdog, Sean? Well, I got a couple, but, uh, yeah, why don't we start off with Oregon? Oregon right now, plus 150 on the money line, going up against Auburn. 
I'm really high on uh, Oregon as a team going into the season. One thing I really like about Oregon, uh, they're returning a bunch of guys on both sides of the ball. In particular, that offensive line, 153 career starts on the offensive line. They're bringing back all five starters. And you give a guy like Justin Herbert a bunch of time, a bunch of good protection. Uh, he's kind of a – I like him as the Heisman Trophy candidate, at, especially if you can get it at like 20-1. to 1. But to me, really, uh, not only the offensive line play, the returning players, but there's just a tremendous uh, disparity in experience here at quarterback. Uh, I, I, Justin Herbert, much better than Bo Nix. And Bo Nix is coming in, true freshman, uh, his first start, and it's in AT&T Stadium in Jerry World. <laughs> I, I, that's a lot to handle for a rookie. Uh, I really like Oregon here. I, I just think they're they're going to be able to move the ball a lot. I don't think – if you can't get a pass rush on Herbert, I think it's going to be tough to slow them down. So, yeah, give me Oregon. I love this pick. I'm going to agree with this pick on Three Dog Thursday. That's one of mine for this week. Despite the fact, Sean, uh, you know this, but I haven't really shared it with the audience here, I'm actually recording our conversation having already come to Dallas with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel party, the Bucks playing the Cowboys on Thursday night at the time we're taping in the preseason finale for both teams, NFL wrapping up preseason on, 30, on uh, Thursday night. Uh, roster cuts are coming, so I'm already here. And I, I was on a plane and down at baggage claim with a lot of Auburn fans that were that were already here well in advance of Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know Oregon travels well too. It's Labor Day weekend, but there there's a lot of dark blue and orange for the Auburn Tigers uh, that will be at Jerry's World. But I, you know, I'm with you. Herbert is the experienced quarterback here. I know Malzahn is an offensive mind, but you know they have struggled uh, at times. Lost a couple of years ago to Clemson. Now, granted, it's Clemson at the beginning of the year in the opening game, or, or at least the second game of the season. This is a tough task here uh, against an experienced Oregon team. I agree with you uh, here on this. And by the way, another nugget in this for all the talk about Malzahn and how much. Uh, success he's had, they've lost at least four games in each of the last five years, including a year ago. I know they freight trained uh, Purdue in the bowl game with Malzahn taking over the play calling, but I, I like Oregon as well in this one. And I know you're coming to me uh, here out of the West, and, and as much as USC is beloved in Southern California, Oregon has kind of over the last 15 or 20 years really become one of the dominant programs in the West. We expect them to be good, Sean, one more time in this situation, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is a, I think there's high expectations for this Oregon team, and rightly so. You gotta, they have to win this game. I, I think this is, in a weird sense, almost a must-win game for them because I, I, I do think there are high expectations and. I think for good reason. They're just bringing back a lot of guys that played really well last year. They're adding experience. They they're well coached. I I, I just think they'll be uh, they'll be primed to get an outright win here against Auburn. All right, so there you go. That's a big Saturday primetime game. Uh, what else uh, here out of out of all the different games? I'm I'm curious which direction you're going to go with another underdog or two if you want to give them. What else stands out here on on weekend number one of college football? Well, and this is a this is a big dog, TJ. So look out for the big dog, South Florida Bulls. They're catching 13, 13 and a half, plus 380 on the money line. 
I love you're a Tampa Bay guy. I yep. love taking these Florida teams both in the pros and and in the college game at home in late August, early September especially with the way college football, they've adjusted their rules when it comes to conditioning. They can only practice these players so much, and you see it with kind of the sloppy tackling, the turnovers that we saw in week zero. Uh, The conditioning isn't quite where it used to be. So if you're a home team in Florida with humidity, I think that really can have an impact, especially on a team like Wisconsin. Then you look at the QB position. you got the veteran presence of Blake Barnett. He's 23 years old, six-year senior. He's already married. He's got a he's got a wife and a kid. Like right. this guy's all right. That's that's the that's the perfect recipe for an upset. A team at home, a big home dog. They they have a challenging uh, you know schedule the rest of the way, but um, I, I just think they're going to be really up for this game against Wisconsin. And again, similar similar experience a disparity at the QB position. Jack Cohn for the Badgers. He's only attempted ninety eight passes in his career. And to my point, you know, kind of these Florida teams at home, you definitely see it with South Florida. 4-0 and last September. I mean, they didn't certainly play Wisconsin, but still 4-0 is 4-0. And also they have a 6-0 and win streak in the last six opening days. So for all those reasons, I'm, I'm thinking the South Florida Bulls pull out a nice upset here. Yeah, and, and again, as you mentioned, I, I do the show usually out of the Tampa Bay area. I'm very familiar with the USF program. Now, they did get off to a 7-0 and start last year and then just went off the cliff yeah. figuratively and became <laughs> the first program in FBS Division One history to lose six straight games after being 7-0. and Of course, you didn't always play 13 games for many, many years in college football, but still, that's not something you want to be known for. And and I got to say this, Charlie Strong is is already under scrutiny and under the uh, under the microscope a little bit here. And if they're bad, hypothetically, if they're bad, he will really now be in the crosshairs after the after the loss last year. I think they will be fired up. I don't know that they win. I know Jonathan Taylor can run the ball, and Wisconsin's going to be able to run the ball. But USF's got firepower. They got two good running backs themselves. We're two for two, Sean. We're we're like kindred spirits on your first <laughs> appearance here on Three Dog exactly. Thursday because I like the Bulls with all those points. I don't know that they win the game, but I will take the thirteen and a half on Three Dog Thursday here because again, you don't have to just you know win the game. They can just keep it close enough, and I think they probably will. Um, they're going to have a really good crowd. It's not going to be a sellout crowd, but they're going to have a pro-USF crowd. I mean, my understanding is Wisconsin will have at least 10,000 fans uh, in there for Labor Day weekend. They love, to, they love to travel, follow the Badgers. It's a holiday weekend. We'll see what the atmosphere is like. And, again, it's a Friday night game, so depending on when you're listening to us, you may already know if, uh, if Sean and I are really, really <laughs> smart or if Wisconsin put a 50-burger on the Bulls. We'll see uh, yeah. what happens uh, in that one. All right, do you have one more underdog here? One more. Sean Green yeah. of Sports Gambling Podcast fame. What about it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us over to uh, Utah for the Holy War. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at this number, and I, I really like BYU. Plus 185 on the money line, plus six if you're just betting the spread. BYU, a lot like South Florida, they've uh, they played well in August, 7-1 straight up in their last eight games in August. They also have a nice uh, record for opening day games, 11-2 and in their last 13 opening day games. But to me, really, it's a rivalry game, right? So rivalry games, I like to look to the home dog here, which BYU is. And 
this to me, just scenario wise, makes a lot of sense. First off, Utah has all the pressure, right? Utah's the one that's ranked in the top fifteen. BYU's unranked. Oh, they're they're nothing. Meanwhile, this is this could be the game of the year. BYU's just been sitting here waiting for this home game the entire summer. They're going to be amped up. They're going to be really jacked up. And Utah, if they do get up to a lead, out to a lead, yeah. Aren't they going to be thinking a little bit about last year when they blew uh, the game against BYU? Like, I feel like that could be in their head. I just look at, as a gambler, BYU, to me, they're playing with house money. This BYU team, if they, they have nothing to lose, and that's kind of the side I like to be on in a rivalry game, prime time in Utah. All right. I love it. So third underdog will be BYU in Provo, Lavelle Edwards, uh, stadium in Provo against Utah, and uh, we'll see. I mean, they've had trouble in the past. They've had fights, bench clearing brawl in this game. It, yeah, it is the Mormons. The, holy war. the Mormons' holy <laughs> war uh, has has kind of, uh, in some cases, devolved into into a holy. You know what? Uh, we'll see if that is the case. <laughs> Late night Friday night uh, for BYU and Utah as your third uh, underdog. Again, I love talking with. Uh, Sean Green, more about his podcast in a couple of moments with Ryan, his co-host, and what they do with the Sports Gambling Podcast in, in a couple of seconds. Um, all right, a couple of fun ones. Alabama. Uh, I have not talked anything really about Alabama up until this point right now in our conversation. Didn't even mention Clemson really to this point uh, and now in our conversation. Uh, Alabama tees it up with Duke. We've now gotten word that Dylan Moses, the outstanding linebacker, all-American preseason, all-American projected first-round pick in the draft tears the ACL in a in a uh, Tuesday night practice, uh. and, and and that's a gut punch. He is the leader of that defense and arguably the best defensive player. So he's not playing in this game Saturday afternoon with Duke. Duke getting a boatload of points, a dump truck full of points. You did not take this game with Duke, but do we think that Duke <laughs> can hang in there? With no Dylan Moses there for Nick Saban's team, what can Duke hang in on a 35-point spread? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones isn't coming out of that locker room, but I still think the Duke offense is able to move the ball. You made a great point. Dylan Moses is out. And, I mean, the spread's floating around 33-and-a-half, 34, 35. And I, I think before we take the podcast, you had mentioned to me, and it's a great point, I, I, I'm totally on board with it, that – Cutcliffe, former uh, former Saban guy, is Saban really going to want to embarrass him and and really you know put it on to him late? Right. I, I just think this Duke team will hang around. Uh, I, if you're going to bet this game, I would I would just take Duke and a bunch of the points. If you're really sold on Alabama, maybe just look to Alabama first half. Uh, I could see them jumping out to you know twenty one nothing lead, something like that, and and just cruising late while Duke kind of going to score some points in the second half so i would i would definitely lean duke here in that gigantic number well and and again uh quentin harris is the quarterback for duke we know this about cutcliffe he always develops quarterbacks heard of peyton manning i think we all have heard of yeah. eli manning i think we heard of him too <laughs> daniel jones taken in the first round uh by the uh new york giants so i got a feeling that quentin harris will be able to play uh, again, I'm not taking them for Three Dog Thursday purposes, but Alabama, again, Saban has a really good relationship with Cutcliffe. He may not want to try to put 50 or 60 points on him. Just get out of there, be workmanlike, get your get your victory. Yeah. If you win by 10, if you win by 20, they don't care at that point. So 
We'll see about this for Alabama. So I, I'm curious. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, real ahead. quick, uh, TJ, I, I think as a margin of victory has kind of been taken out of the equation with the playoffs and just the way things are calculated where it's not as important uh, as it used to be you know, back in the day. It's like, well, you, they got to win by 49 to show, <laughs> to show how much right. better they are, right? Like now that we that's not in the formula as much, then uh, I think there is some value to these dogs with the gigantic numbers if you can make sense of it scenario-wise. Yep. There are going to be rule. some right. huge right. covers week one college football, but, yeah, you kind of handicap it situationally, and, and there there is some value there. All right, and so if I were to say to you, you know, Alabama, again, losing a defensive leader and everybody wondering, you know, will Tua be great again this year? Will they be able to run the ball? They've lost a couple of their running backs uh, from a year ago. Clemson is back with Taylor Lawrence, and and obviously for Three Dog Thursday purposes, you may be listening to us and you already know uh, whether or not Clemson had any problems in their opener on Thursday night as they open a defense of their college football playoff championship in ACC play on Thursday evening at home with Georgia Tech. Again, as as um, Sean was mentioning, it's a humongous line. Clemson may or may not cover it, but we expect them to win. If I was to say to you, everybody believes that Alabama and Clemson are the two teams that are locks for the college football playoff. Give me two other ones, Sean, that you like real quick and why to join the Tigers and the Tide. Well, uh, I mean, this first one, it, it's – yeah, I'll, I'll throw you some deeper plays here because I do think – I mean, yeah, you make a great point. It's hard to predict the college football playoff without having, without having Alabama and Clemson in there. The two dark horse teams that I like is uh, – first one, out of the Big 12, give me Baylor. Uh, I love what Matt Rule is doing down there. <laughs> And if you if you look at what he did, the basically the three year transition in Temple, yep. how he started out uh, barely winning, then got a little better, and then the same progression, I could definitely see that happening uh, with this Baylor team in the Big Twelve. I, I think the Big Twelve is a little more wide open than some may think. Uh, just automatically handed it off to Oklahoma or Texas. I, I, I mean, if you're talking dogs, give me Baylor plus twenty five hundred to win that conference and to uh, sneak into the uh, college football playoff. Wow. Now that is a great pick. I mean, let's mark that down. (laughs) The calendar's not even September, and Sean Green is making like Babe Ruth in the World Series pointing to center field (laughs) and calling his shot with the Baylor. Now I'm anxious to hear who's the fourth team. If Baylor's the third team, who's the other team that you like with Clemson and Alabama potentially? Well, and – you know, I hit on them earlier uh, to to beat Auburn, but I, I think Oregon. Maybe I, I I think Oregon could be that last team that gets into the college football playoff. The Pac-12 gets in the mix there. It's of a lot of reasons I like them to beat Auburn. Uh, I just think a dominant offensive line with a well-coached team with a veteran presence at quarterback, a legit Heisman candidate in my mind. That's a great formula, and uh, I think Oregon, uh, I like them to win the North, and uh, yeah, I, I just think they're going to roll. They, they're just too experienced. I think they're bringing 10 guys back on offense, seven guys back on defense. They're just, uh, they have the markings of kind of a, a deeper sleeper when it comes to the college football playoff, and uh, yeah, give me Oregon. How about that? So again, uh, they play Auburn. Uh, in AT&T Stadium Saturday night, then come back home and play Nevada <laughs> and Montana. Yep. 
before they get Stanford at Stanford. I mean, the only concern would be you're at Stanford later in the year at Washington, later in the year coming to your part of the world at Southern Cal at the Coliseum, uh, that one coming in early November, and also at ASU at Arizona State late in the year. So they do have some road games, but again, Herbert is first-round NFL caliber uh, quarterback, and he's got his offensive line back. Maybe it will be the quack attack uh, as a fourth team there yeah, as part I, of the cl- as uh, just, part of the playoff. Just the way the, the way uh, you know, just the way college football is played now with the just the the percentage of passing. If you give a guy like Herbert time, and they can just keep putting up points, it takes all the pressure off the defense, makes their life easy, and they just seem primed to kind of make a run as far as teams that are a little bit off the radar. I love the insight and analysis here. And again, he's not based in the South because there's there's people frothing going, he didn't say Georgia Bulldogs. He didn't say Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> no, he did not say Georgia Bulldogs. And you didn't take Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts there, uh, Shea Patterson in uh, Wisconsin with Ohio State now with Ryan Day as the full-time head coach. Would, he, would they get in? Uh, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can try. A lot of people think LSU might be primed uh, to make a run for the playoff out of the SEC West. We'll see. We'll see how all of it begins to shake out. I love the insight. Let's talk about the sports gambling podcast that you host, Sean Green, along with your co-host with Ryan. Uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier. Give us some more insight as to what you guys do every week on this podcast and where we can find it. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, uh, just check it out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, available on iTunes. And uh, we put out a tremendous amount of content. So during the football season, uh, early in the week, we'll do our daily fantasy podcast, basically picking you a DraftKings lineup and walking through why we like who we like. Uh, Next podcast during the week is a college football picks podcast. Uh, We have another college guy come on, join us. He picks his six favorite games. We break down the top 25, answer listener questions. And then we round out the week with our NFL Picks podcast, picking every single game against the spread (laughs) and then closing things out with a lock, a dog, and a uh, three-team tease. How about that? So it's a a tremendous amount of content. It's all free, and we have a bunch of uh, tremendous writing staff over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com cranking out blogs, podcasts every day, uh, multiple posts per day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you like free gambling information and great entertainment, come on by. Sports Gambling Podcast is the name of the podcast. SportsGamblingPodcast.com is where you can find him. And you guys have been doing this for how long now, picking all those games and keeping track of all these spreads and all these teams, college and pro? How long has this been going on? Well, you know, we've been we've been growing over the years, but we started out just uh, doing the NFL and, uh, so we've picked every NFL game against the spread since 2011. Wow. So uh, we've been at it, hardcore, posting every – and, hey, if we have a bad week, you know what? Tweet at us uh, at Gambling Podcast. Make fun of our picks. We love the back and forth. And trust me, when I, when I get my butt kicked uh, gambling, you know, you're going to hear about it the next week. So very open, very honest. We're not trying to sell you on picks or anything. We're, we're just trying to have fun and do our best to make you some free money. Love the insight that Sean Green is giving us again. 
Uh, great follow on Twitter. Follow him, Sean T. Green, right? Because there's other Sean Green. Sean, S-E-A-N, Sean T. Green on Twitter. Sports Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to it. Again, these t- these guys picking every NFL game and most of the imp- important and prominent college games you'll at least cover, if not pick those. And you're hearing some of Sean's insight here for a few more moments. All right, so I didn't ask you this at the beginning. I, I know you're in Southern California. Where does your allegiance lie? Where'd you go to school? Or what, do you root on the Pac-10 because it's it's, it's regionally uh, the closest to you? Uh, what do you favor? What what about you as a fan and what you and teams you like to root for or school you went to or all the above? Well, so uh, yeah, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but been out here in LA for a while. Uh, so I'm a huge, uh, as far as football goes, I'm a huge diehard Eagles fan. That is. Uh, that is probably my true blind spot when it comes to handicapping. I just always go all in on the Eagles, which in 2017 had a uh, very nice run. Sure it did. But, uh, <laughs> college football-wise, I went to Penn State for a couple of years before moving out to L.A. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm not like a diehard, diehard Penn State, but they're definitely my team. Uh, locally, I, I live near the Rose Bowl, so I like to get out, hang, uh, do the U, uh, UCLA tailgate. That's kind of fun, although I'm not. I'm kind of an anti-Chip Kelly guy, again, for what he did to our Eagles. So uh, I'm, I'm a casual UCLA fan, but more prominently a uh, Penn State guy. And, of course, UCLA at the time that we're taping Three Dog Thursday slated to play Cincinnati at Cincinnati, and Kelly had a rough year. A lot of people think they'll bounce back. They've got a lot of, uh, a lot of players, obviously, back, and a lot of guys that got a lot of experience last year when he was playing young guys. We'll see how that works for them. One more time, I've had, I've had a blast having you on. I look forward to having you on more uh, as this season unfolds. But, uh, Sean, tell me more uh, about uh, where we can find you, where we can hear you as part of Sports Gambling Podcast. Go again, please. Yeah, just throw it in Google, Sports Gambling Podcast. Get it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever uh, great podcasts are downloaded. And then uh, Sunday nights, I'm on uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio, 8 to 11 uh, West Coast time on the show Untied. So check me out there as well. Okay, so we can hear you on on that and again on twitter sports gambling podcast and for you plug away on social media where they can find you yeah at sean t green on twitter and then uh, at gambling podcast for us on uh, twitter so again stay engaged and sports gambling podcast.com has all the content all the picks the podcast can be found there as well listen this was a blast uh, to have you on, kind of to, to get week one underway. Promise me that we get to do this again, at least on a semi-regular oh, basis. Sure. I'm looking forward to it, Sean. Oh, you, hey, listen, you don't have to twist my arms to talk about betting on football. And, uh, yeah, TJ, we got to figure out a date to have you on as well, do a little home-and-home. Uh, home. I like that, a little home-and-home home to come on the Sports Gambling Podcast. You know I'm available for you like you are with me. He likes USF against Wisconsin Friday night game. He also likes Oregon in the huge primetime showdown Saturday night at AT&T Stadium with Auburn. And he also likes the Friday night BYU Cougars at home as part of Three Dog Thursday. He is Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, I loved it. Thank you, and uh, we'll catch up with you again down the road. Thank you for hanging out on Three Dog Thursday, Sean. Awesome. Take care. 
Free Dog Thursday brought to you in part by MyBookie. They've got a special offer right now with our promo code 3DOG. They'll match your initial deposit up to $1,000. Up to $1,000 extra with MyBookie. You bet, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. Go check out that offer now. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. As I have been mentioning, they are going to be sponsoring things here as part of Three Dog Thursday, and here he is. He's back with Fan Vest Wagering Exchange. John Culver back with me. It's the stock market of sports. And for the upcoming pro football season, you can play weekly and season long with their game at FanVestWageringExchange.com. And John is with me here now on the podcast. Good to be with you. And I, oh, we're almost here. I mean, we are almost to the 100th NFL season next week. And I know you're excited right now for unveiling what you have at FanVest Wagering Exchange. Yeah, TJ. Great to be here. So excited, so fired up for the uh, NFL season just around the corner. And we're super, super excited to be launching uh, the Pro Football Portfolio Challenge, our stock market of sports game. Um, It's going to be going officially live um, next Thursday with the 100th, beginning of the 100th uh, season of the NFL regular season. You can get early access for free today and earn a free share of your favorite team at uh, fanvestwageringexchange.com. Um, and we're just so excited. Join thousands of others uh, who've already signed up. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what this is. I mean, obviously, people have some idea about the stock market and investing in teams. You've now brought it to sports and with the NFL. So in a weekly situation, you're going to have fan bucks to invest, fictitious monopoly-type money to invest in NFL teams. Do I have that correct? How does it work? Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have two games. Um, Everyone is going to be automatically enrolled in our weekly game, and it's free to play. Both are free to play, and they do run on fan bucks. Yeah, easy way to think of it is just like Monopoly money. All new players are going to instantly be credited 1,000 fan bucks on our weekly game, and you use that to kind of trade, uh, buy shares, you know, sell teams, and the teams are going to trade like projected scores very simply on our weekly game. But they're going to move based on supply and demand, and you're going to be able to you know, buy low, sell high, and ultimately you want to invest in a you know collection or maybe one or two teams of winners every week as you're going to have your score affected by how well your teams that you invested in did. You know, the teams that win big, um, you're going to do better on the leaderboard. Um, and so it's going to be totally free to play, and we're going to have real cash prizes where the top 50 players every week are going to win real cash prizes. How about um, that? And it's going How to be about free that? To play. Free to play and up to 50 a week are going to get cash prizes out of this. And again, uh, you know, it's it's not unlike when you're looking at high-priced companies, Fortune 500 companies. Obviously, if in the NFL world, John, I'm looking at the New England Patriots or the Saints or the Steelers, let's say, or the Rams, the favored teams every year, uh, they're probably going to cost more, certainly in the first week, than the teams that are at the lower end, the teams that seem to struggle year after year after year. But that's where your strategy comes into play. How much do I invest in the more expensive ones versus how much do I invest in the ones that may be better value if I really think they're going to win this week, right? Strategy. 
Absolutely. And that, that also goes a little bit more towards our season long game, which very simply is kind of like, imagine it's sort of like a mini investing game where you can really, you know, go long teams or, you know, hold teams for a few weeks at a time and sell them. And that game is going to have um, over, you know, $10,000 of cash prizes are going to be payable to the top 50 players at the end of the regular season. And exactly to your point, uh, we're going to have what's called uh, an initial team offering for the season long game. The prices are going to be different for season long um, than they are for weekly. And in season long, very simply, all those teams are going to have that initial team offering price. And yes, there's going to be price differences. The teams that scored more last year, for example, your Saints, your your Patriots, you know, teams like the Rams, like they are going to have a higher initial team offering price. Right. And so you, as the player, you want to look at, hey, where do I find value? There are all kinds of strategies you can employ. You know, a lot of great teams struggle out of the gate. So maybe you decide, hey, I, I really want to own the Patriots, but maybe I don't want to own them right off the, you know, right in you know, week one. Maybe I'll get them in week three or week four at a good value for me. And so that game is certainly uh, more about team performance, um, less of a market, and more just kind of longer-term strategy. Uh, but you get to kind of uh, have a different game there, whereas the weekly game, prices are going to reset every week. Solely think of it as like projected scores, and you're just basically trading projected scores. So the Saints are playing the Buccaneers. Uh, one game, maybe the Saints open at 30 fan bucks per share, and the Buccaneers open at 21 fan bucks per share. You can look at that as like, okay, the market thinks that the Saints are going to win 30 to 21. Right. Do I think they're a good price there? And how much do I think they're going to win by? And that's how that's really the calculus you're going to have when you're kind of thinking about, hey, is this a good investment for me this week? And maybe you want to get them next week at a better price and a better matchup. Um, and then each week, depending ultimately how they perform in the game, that's where you really move up and down the leaderboard. Voice of John Culver with me for a few more moments. FanVestWageringExchange.com. It is their pro football portfolio game. Absolutely free to play. Weekly contests and prizes. Season-long contests. And by the way, they may join in on the season-long contest in week two or week three, and it doesn't hurt you or nullify you from winning because you may get a, a, a team at a better investment and they may do great for you in the long term, even if you got them in week two or week three if you joined in. So the season-long strategy isn't over if they miss out on the first week is all I'm saying, right? Definitely not. Um, you know, sometimes it might even benefit most people, you know, whether even if you start playing, maybe you don't want to trade the games, but your value of your kind of things that you invest in is just very simply going to go up and down based on how well the teams that you own do each Sunday. And to, to TJ's point, you know, you could really, you could, you could overpay early and then a team could, could really start going on a losing streak. So you really want to look at the schedules, see who's up next, maybe think about how long you might want to hold teams. There might be some teams that you think are going to be really surprise people this year um, that you can get at the beginning of the season or earlier and kind of just hold, you know, teams that didn't do as well last year, but have, you know, had a very, really great draft, some new talent coming in, good free agents. Yep that you might want to kind of like get that long-term value there.
Yep, and teams oftentimes will start to kick into gear like week three, week five, and then they are a much more expensive investment once they've done that. So it depends if you got them early or mm-hmm. when you pick it up on uh, there uh, as part of the Pro Football Portfolio Challenge. All right, one more time, let's plug away. It's fanvestwageringexchange.com. The same on social media. You can look under uh, yep. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for FanVest Wagering Exchange. And, John, tell them again what you have going on. You're in the registration phase right now, getting ready right. to, to roll this out, right? Absolutely. So right now we have a early access landing page up, and um, it's great. You know, it's just easy sign-up process. And for a limited time only, for folks signing up before we go live next Thursday, September 5th, um, you are going to be able to get a free share of your favorite NFL team. And that share will be waiting for you when you join, when we go live. So that's only for our early access users. And one thing that we also like to add with our fan buck system, if you start referring friends, family members, or colleagues using your unique referral code and they join, you're going to get a hundred extra fan bucks, not just for the week they join, but you're going to get to start every week with 1,100 fan bucks. There we go. 1, I like that. So we, I like that. Yeah, are you, it, are it, you it, paying it, attention, listening audience here, as part of the Three Dog <laughs> Thursday podcast? You can help your fan bucks and your portfolio by referring friends. So that's a good thing while we're still in the pre-registration here going into the uh, the Thursday yep. opener with the Bears and the Packers. Absolutely. And you'll be able to do that all season um, and it's a real great way to, you know, maybe get buddies who, who might be on the fence and, and you can really help your, your trading, you know, position basically, because you get more purchasing power, uh, to invest in teams each week and you don't have to spend all your money each week, but it resets every week, but you're going to be credited that extra 100. You prefer three friends, you're going to have an extra 300 fan bucks to trade with. Um, so certainly if you've got friends in fantasy leagues or, you know, sports betters, DFS guys, girls, anybody. Uh, we think it'll be a great experience that uh, we really want to have as many people tried out, and we'll be really open to feedback. And our goal here too is, you know, create this new way to invest in sports, and we want to make the best and most friendly user experience possible. So it's going to also be a web app that you can use on your phone. It'll be mobile friendly. So it'll be you know, desktop-based if that's your preference, or if you want to just go do everything on the go, we have it ready for mobile, too. So you'll be able to uh, access the site um, and uh, start trading once we go live. Love that. Again, one more time. It is FanVest Wagering Exchange. John, tell them once more about what they need to do, because right now we're in the pre-launch. We're in the sign-up phase. It's free to play. Tell them more. Plug away. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, TJ. Again, it's totally free to sign up today, and it's going to be free to play all season long. Um, we have our weekly game and our season-long game. Every week where teams trade like projected scores, um, the top 50 are going to win cash prizes. Um, so that's every single week for uh, the entire regular season. And then season-long, we're going to have 10,000 um, cash prizes that will be awarded at the end of the season. Top 50 are going to win there. Um, so sign up today, just give it a try. If you're, this might interest you, refer friends, family members, colleagues, increase your fan bucks balance and get ready to experience the future of fantasy sports. Join us September 5th for the opening day of the NFL 2019 season. 
Uh, really look forward to it, and we hope to see you there. Again, it's FanVestWageringExchange.com. Look up FanVest Wagering Exchange on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. John Culver, thank you. Good luck. And we want everybody to go sign up. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks a lot, TJ. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you there. One of my faves is here, and if it is college football, I'm always looking for different angles, different people, and this guy has been preaching to me for years. He has pulled out uh, the Service Academy Holy Bible and thumped it on the pulpit over and over again about pay attention to Service Academy football. He is the host of the Yards and Stripes Service Academy football podcast, Friend and colleague Price Atkinson, I am ready. I am ready for this weekend. I know you are as well. Good to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, TJ. And who is not ready? We've waited all all summer long, and we get uh, started. I know we got some big games around the country. Probably what Auburn, Oregon, in my opinion, the biggest one, the mo- the biggest marquee. I think the to me that is the game. But in my world, Service Academy football that I swim and play in, uh, Navy, Army, Air Force, all in action, starting with Army on Friday night against Rice. And that's probably the perfect place to start after Army puts together a record-setting campaign last year, 11 wins, a school record, yet they don't find themselves in the preseason top 25, which I think is a travesty. <laughs> but we can, we can get into all that. We need to get into all of that. So let's do begin right there because, again, this man is on it. You've been in the preview mode on your podcast, and you had a Jeff Munkin, the Army coach, on 11 wins a year ago and the near upset of Oklahoma as one of, of the losses. Is it fair to say there's as much expectation on this Army season, certainly in the last 10 years? How long would you say has there been as anticipated an Army season as there is this year? I don't know if there's been, in, 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 at least in recent memory, the kind of expectations and excitement for Army football because they obviously struggled for many, many years up and down with a lot of different head coaches, could never – they tried a lot of different systems. But, you know, the here and now is that Jeff Munkin has, has got Army a top service academy football, having won the Commander-in-Chief trophy the last two years. I mean, last year they – I mean, he single-handedly – I almost wanted to ask him when I talked to him two weeks ago to kick off episode uh, – or season three, episode one of Yards and Stripes. I almost wanted to ask him, you know, how it felt to uh, single-handedly fire one of his fellow colleagues because, I mean, they thumped Houston in that bowl game last year 70-14 to 14 and <laughs> did it in a record-setting fashion – single-handedly fires Major Applewhite, the head coach at Houston, after, what, one, maybe two seasons, I think, you know, just because of how bad they got beat. So the expectations could not be higher. And he talked with me about trying to manage some of those expectations, you know, because his guys really now, the ones that are in the program, most every single person that has played really does not know a whole lot else outside of, uh, of winning football now. I mean, he has completely changed the game. Uh, when it comes to to Army football and Service Academy football, because you know for years Air Force was the team on top, then Kenny Amatololo kind of took over and obviously had that what long long streak of, of beating uh, Army, you know, and kind of fought with Air Force every couple of years. It was you know between those two with Army a very very distant third. That is completely changed, and Army once again, it's not out of the question to possibly talk about them as the top group of five team and i know they're not in a 
conference, you know, but they're an independent. But still, it wouldn't surprise me at the, at the end of the day. If this might be the team as the G5 that, you're, that everybody's talking about come into the season. Well, and if you think that we're overhyping them, that win over Houston was obviously eye-opening because it was not just a victory, it was a destruction. But they won 11 games this past year, 2018. They won 10 games in a bowl game the year before that, and they won eight games in a bowl game the year before that. I mean, Jeff Munkin has really built this thing into, uh, we'll go back to that word that I've used here at the beginning of the conversation. There is now an expectation that they are going to be good. So they open with Rice this weekend, and then they play at the big house against Michigan next weekend. So are you already putting everybody on alert that that could be trouble for the for the uh, grappling Harbaugh's and, and the and the uh, and go blue and the and the maize and blue that that Army may give them some difficulty now, skipping ahead here in two weeks. Well, I think that 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 they are going to give them a lot of difficulty, and a lot of people listening right now. If you're if you're what whatever game you're at, whatever you're watching on television, you see stick uh, tick the ticker go through, and you hear scores announced. If you're at a football game, and you hear that 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 might be a one score game in the fourth quarter, it will surprise at least not me. It will not it will not be a surprise to many other people if you if you've been around and followed Army the past few years. You know, I think the one saving grace I think for Michigan is that you've got one of the, I would say, one of the five best defensive coordinators in college football and Don Brown on your coaching staff. So that's going to help you. Uh, but still, look, you can look at Army's schedule, and the, the game that does obviously stand out to, to most everybody listening is at Michigan, obviously, which you mentioned week two here. That's That very well likely is the only game that Army is an underdog in all years. We're talking underdogs and doggies here on yep. Dog Thursday. Yep. Their schedule is not going to blow anybody away. I mean, let's face it, Morgan State, UT San Antonio, San Jose State, UMass, I mean, VMI, that's, that's not going to strike fear in the hearts of, of most people at all. But still, the way they've got this thing put together, and that's largely how Jeff Munkin has been able to slowly rebuild Army football by putting those manageable, winnable games, get confidence going, help on the recruiting side. You know, and then obviously they, they've thrown in there one of these marquee opponents the past couple of years. If you go back last year, everybody remembers that game in Norman earlier in the season when, you know, they took the Sooners to overtime. So I would not surprise me one solid bit if this thing is a touchdown or less when they turn for home in the fourth quarter oh. in week two. All right. Just keep an eye on that. And again, Rice is the Friday night opponent at Army on the Hudson. Uh, coming on Friday evening. Again, Price Atkinson with me. Uh, Yards and Stripes. Sub- sub- subscribe to that podcast. Find it iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Subscribe to Yards and Stripes because this man has a tremendous knowledge and insight. Great guests. In fact, you have previewed, uh, at the time that we're talking right now, you've previewed every one of the service academies with the head coach, including uh, Troy Calhoun uh, of the Air Force Falcons, who you had on last week. So Air Force at home this week with Colgate. That should be a win. And look, there's expectation on Air Force as well for this season. I know you were talking to Troy Calhoun about that on last week's show, too. Well, yes, absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, talk with all three head coaches, the third and final one this week, Coach Kennedy Matalolo from Navy. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. But had all three head coaches on the first three weeks, as well as the, the really the top beat writer for all three schools. So we really just peeled the layers back and dove into every aspect, really, of the three programs. But, you know, Air Force might be the, 
the most interesting one to figure out because, you know, the expectations are low in a lot of circles, but also high in some others. I know Phil Steele, I think, uh, had him penciled in as maybe to finish second behind Boise State in the Mountain Division. Right. Um, They lost a lot of seniors last year, but at the same time, I believe they've got – 32 uh juniors so they they were young last year they've got but they've gotten older now troy calhoun told me this week he said look uh or last week he said you know we might be a second half team in and i said why is that and i heard him make that comment in the media and i asked him about it he said well it's just because we've got some guys that need to grow into the positions as well as the schedule because they have they they resume a series after over 40 years with colorado and then they go to boise state and then they go to navy october 5th they have got a very front-loaded schedule so their record may not be was how good Air Force is, um, but I think this is a, uh, this is definitely a bold team this year. He, uh, Troy Calhoun has two more than capable guys to run the triple option. This week he decides to go with DJ Hammond, the big six two kid out of uh, out of Atlanta. He's six two, about two hundred twenty five pounds. He can run, but something a lot of service academy football quarterbacks aren't known for uh, is an arm. And DJ Hammond the third can throw the football, and that's largely I think what set him apart of Isaiah Sanders and why uh, Calhoun is going to call on him. Is this guy on it or what? When we talk service academy football, it's yards and stripes. Love me some Price Atkinson breaking it all down. And again, for Air Force, they play Colgate at home Saturday. You're saying stay away from Colgate uh, there for Three Dog Thursday purposes. But keep an eye on the Falcons because they get a bye week, by the way, before they play at Boulder. They could be a dangerous underdog second weekend in September, right? Just keep an eye. We'll, We'll file that away because they have the week off as well before they play Colorado. Yeah, they do. It's kind of one of those quirky things. And I think last year Air Force had a bye after maybe the second game or the third game. Or no, after the first or the second game. I can't remember. It was, it was really odd, kind of like it is this year. But I mean, Air Force right now, within four games at Colorado, at Boise State, they should drill San Jose State, but then they go to Navy. I mean, that really is going to go a long way. And then Fresno State right after that, that's really going to go a long way to defining their season. I will tell you this if there's. One game of these three service academies this weekend, if there is one game where you could possibly see some fireworks or something interesting happen, it'd probably be this one as Air Force is hosting uh, Colgate. I think they've won 12 of 14 openers under Troy Calhoun since he became that coach. But, you know, Colgate last year, they lost several guys on defense, but they still have a first-team preseason All-American at the FCS level and Nick Wheeler. TJ Colgate, and it was last year, but they still have a, they've got a bunch of guys back from that defense. They did not trail in a football game last season until the tenth game of the year. Again, I know it was last year. I know they got drilled last week by Villanova. It was a tie game until Villanova unleashed twenty seven unanswered points to take a twenty seven zero lead on Colgate last week. However, this is a Colgate team that is not going to be a pushover, and Troy Calhoun's team's gonna have to play. Uh, if they're gonna put them away early. All right, how about that? So it's kind of like a mini version of Alabama, not trailing for that long into a season there uh, for Colgate, and that's the matchup with Air Force this weekend. And then we get to the Navy midshipmen uh, playing in the American Athletic Conference. And Navy, again, expectation is the word there uh, for what that program has built. And uh, they start with Holy Cross and then have a little bit of a quirky schedule with a couple of bye weeks in September. But what about, I mean, Navy's obviously looking for a bounce-back year this year. What about Navy for this season? 
Well, it, Navy coach Kenny Matalolo underwent a lot of changes in the off season. And when you go three and 10, that's, that's exactly what's it's going to take some soul searching to try and figure things out. And he put a lot of last season on him, uh, especially on the offensive side is Ivan Jasper, the offensive coordinator and, and coach Nehemiah, who was a former quarterback himself at Hawaii. You know, they kind of did a musical chair, so to speak at quarterback last year where Zach Abey, who was a senior uh, Malcolm Perry, uh, who was a, was a slot back, but was also a, a quarterback. And then Garrett Lewis, who was really the third teamer, uh, but due to injuries, he played a lot last year. They really had a revolving door and rotated a lot of guys. Uh, and Nehemiah said this week, and he told me on the podcast, which you can hear uh, the inter- the full interview this week, and said that was on him. That was his fault. They shouldn't have done that. Malcolm Perry, a senior out of uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, I would put I would tell you this Perry is the most electric playmaker the most electric guy with the football in his hands of the three service academies Malcolm Perry is is incredible with the ball in his hands however gonna have to have help around him in this offseason in this spring prior in spring practice in August camp coach Nemot said his focus has been a lot better the fact he hasn't had to shift between meeting rooms with the slot backs and quarterbacks they brought in Billy Ray Stuntsman who was a former wide receiver from Hawaii they brought him in to to start uh, instituting and, and, and installing some run and shoot passing concepts into the option offense that Navy runs I think very that's interesting very interesting very interesting because Navy ranked dead last in the country last year at just over 70 yards a game passing they had to do something but the biggest changes that Nehemiah underwent with his team is on on the defensive side of the football and Brian Newberry who came from Kennesaw State I'm not sure if many listeners right now familiar with how they their rise since they just started their program under Brian Bohannon a a former Paul Johnson assistant coach who's now the head coach at Kennesaw State coach Nehemiah went and called Brian Newberry his defensive coordinator they were on the top eight to ten defenses at the FCS level Brian Newberry now the new defensive coordinator at Navy going with that four two five scheme to really instead of that bend but don't break Navy defense that Buddy Green and Dale Person have had had and really utilized over the years this is going to be a lot more like a Jay Bateman who was the offensive coordinator at Army the or the defensive coordinator at Army the past couple of years now was hired the day before the Army Navy game last year uh, to be Matt Brown's new defensive coordinator at the University of North Carolina. Navy's defense is going to be a lot more similar to that Army defense of the past few years, which if anybody watched them, they, those guys were no slouch. They made big play after big play, and I think that's what Newberry certainly is hoping with this new scheme in Annapolis this year. Love it. Uh, all that conversation. And again, uh, for Navy, they play Holy Cross at home, then take a bye week, then play East Carolina at home, then have another bye week. They only play two games in September before they then get several tough road games, including eventually ending up playing at Notre Dame late in the year in that rivalry matchup. And then, obviously, the Army won to close it out on December 14th. So, again, yep. there's uh, there's so much that you can find about Service Academy football through yards and stripes. Price Atkinson is all over it. Again, plug away one more time on how we hear more about your full-length program. Yeah, every single Wednesday, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That's strictly what it is. A new episode out every Wednesday. Usually have a featured guest who who either played, coached, associated with one of the three programs in some shape or form. 
um, take you through a recap of the weekend's games, look ahead to what the three teams have coming up the following week. And then, you know, we end every episode with our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll where we honor and remember a fallen service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice to our country. So really appreciate the Travis Manion Foundation partnering with us yet again to to honor our fallen heroes, ones who have given their lives and put their life on the line in the ultimate way for our country. Yeah, no doubt about that. You've done a tremendous job the first two seasons, and it will continue this year, of honoring those as part of Yards and Stripes. So again, you can find it on Twitter at Yards and Stripes, Facebook as well, Yards and Stripes. But again, subscribe, iTunes in particular, but wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, go subscribe, rate the podcast, Yards and Stripes, because you're all over it. And they're going to hear, right now we're in the preview mode, you can go back and listen to the previous three episodes to hear Jeff Munkin, Troy Calhoun, uh, Ken Niamatololo, all there in the preview mode. You can pick your Service Academy coach and, and hear them talk about the upcoming season. You've done a fantastic job of securing those coaches and those conversations, Price Atkinson. I appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, the season's here and excited to see what these three can do. And honestly, I, it was it was kind of surprising, but you know, it's not out of the question that it could happen where all three teams could be bowl eligible. I just saw USA Today's Bowl projections, I know everybody does them. I typically don't even look at them until we get to about mid-November or <laughs> right. November. But just to take a look out, out of the gate this season uh, to see kind of where people were thinking. And uh, USA, USA Today has all three uh, in a bowl game. So that would be pretty exciting, and I think it's, it could certainly happen. All right, so we'll see what happens this weekend. All right, one more fun one before I let you go. Across yep. the board with underdogs here, you mentioned that Oregon-Auburn game. Uh, again, Duke getting a, a, just a, a cruise ship full of points against Alabama. I don't know if we dare take that one. Uh, some interesting games here over the next three or four days, starting on Three Dog Thursday uh, with, with some Thursday night action and all the way through Friday night and Saturday. Do you have an underdog that stands out for me? Do you have one that you really like for this weekend as part of Three Dog Thursday? What do you think, Price? Oh, man. You know, that's that's a good one. Typically, you know, I know it's crazy to say, but one of the ones you just mentioned, Alabama typically is not one that just steamrolls people. So I could see Duke hanging. Look, Duke is not going to beat Alabama, but the right. last I saw what the line, I believe, was 35, 30, something like that, 34 and a half, I, right? I could certainly see Alabama not covering that spread. Um, another one that I'm actually really curious and kind of have an eye on it, one of my favorite games, I think it's, I think it's one of the top most rivalry games, you know, in the country, and that's the Holy War, Utah and BYU. And I think uh, Utah is giving six on the road uh, to BYU. I think that would be interesting to see how good BYU is this year, but the chance that they might be able to cover that on Thursday night, that game will kick off at 10-15, the Holy War, Utah-BYU, and that's Utah giving six to the Cougars on the road and again those are Mountain a Mountain West program in Utah we saw a Mountain West program in Hawaii pull the upset last week that's the conference where Air Force is and again there's a lot of uh, pre-conference buzz right now about them about Boise State playing Florida State in Jacksonville again at the time that we're taping this we don't know if Hurricane Dorian factors into that game or not if that becomes a hurricane if it remains a tropical storm the game again scheduled for Jacksonville instead of Tallahassee so that may make a difference too on the weather affecting that game but Boise State obviously is on the radar here for Air Force very soon as we've been talking about in the conversation 
conversation with Price Atkinson. Again, yards and stripes. Go find the podcast. Subscribe. Price, you do a great job. Thank you. I'll be back with you again uh, coming this season as part of Three Dog Thursday. Long live the underdogs here, and we'll see if the service academies can be some upset-minded teams as we go along in September. Thank you, sir. Always an honor, my man. And that will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to our guest, Sean Green. They do a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgambling.com. Check them out. They're going to be frequent guests here on the program as we rock along every Thursday with these underdog picks in college and the NFL. Also, John Culver, FanVest Wagering Exchange, one of our sponsors here. They're still signing you up right now for weekly or season-long contests. It's the stock market of sports. Invest in your pro football team like stocks compete against other people every week or season long cash prizes free to enter fan vest wagering exchange and my thanks also to price atkinson uh being with me from the yards and stripes service academy football podcast price does a great job talking army navy air force football every week all the academies in action this week as price was telling you army taking on michigan next weekend navy and air force mixing it up in some big time matchups as the year goes on Uh, and they obviously also all play each other for the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. So, again, thanks to all of the guests for being uh, here on the program. One more time, here are the underdogs that I like. I agreed with Sean Green earlier. I'm going to take USF Friday night in the matchup with Wisconsin. Now, you may be listening later in the weekend, and you already know how smart or how dumb it was to take the Bulls at home, but I like those points uh, against the Wisconsin Badgers. I will also go to Saturday night, and I agree with Sean, too, on Oregon and Auburn. Justin Herbert at quarterback. Give me the five or the five and a half for Oregon on the neutral field in Arlington, Texas against Auburn. And I like Houston in the Sunday game with Oklahoma. Dana Holgerson's first game as the Houston coach in the American Conference. Another American Conference doggy. Bow wow. Uh, Eric King is an outstanding quarterback. They have an, an up-tempo offense. Oklahoma, yes, at home. But they've got a, they've got a transfer quarterback in Jalen Hurts. He is not Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray at throwing the football. He's better with his legs in that regard. That's too many points for me. And remember, Houston pulled an upset three years ago of Oklahoma. Again, that was different coaching staffs. Tom Herman uh, for Houston, Bob Stoops. Uh, for Oklahoma, but I I like the points. I like the number of points I'm getting with the Houston Cougars uh, in this Sunday matchup, getting 23.5 in Norman primetime Sunday night. So give me Houston as the third underdog. So we'll go USF out of Tampa, Oregon, and Houston as my three underdogs for this weekend. Enjoy all of the college football action. Subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for being with me. Spread the word. NFL action beginning next weekend. College football and the NFL underdog predictions every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the games.